Shameless Media. This episode of the Shameless Book Club is brought to you by Bailey's, inspiring indulgence through me time moments. A good writer can create an entire universe with nothing more than words. But what happens when real life is even more outrageous than a story in a book? Welcome to Stranger Than Fiction, where we investigate the intriguing world of writers and the bizarre reality behind some of the world's most famous stories. I am your host, Eilish Gilligan, and today I am joined by shameless podcast producer and host of Everybody Has a Secret, Annabelle Lee. Hello, Eilish. Hi, hi, hi. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> You've come out swinging. I love yeah, that. I got, got the energy. I just ate like breakfast and I never eat breakfast. So I'm like, I got so much energy and I'm so ready to go. Well, transparently, I've already had three coffees today. So <laughs> it's going to be an energy filled episode. I'm right up there with you. So as you know, Stranger Than Fiction is the monthly series where we recap the most bizarre stories to rock the lit world. And today we're talking about an influencer turned author, Zoe Sugg, also known as Zoella. What do you know about Zoella, Annabelle Lee? I know a bit. I used to watch her and her British friendship group a lot on YouTube when I was younger. Specifically, I used to watch Thatcher Joe, her younger brother, mm. heaps, and Casper Lee. Yeah. I had um, a little crushes on those boys. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny when I was researching this, I was talking to Mish and she was saying like, yeah, I used to watch Zoella. And I was like, oh, I didn't watch Zoella. That wasn't really for me. And she was like, yeah, Zoella wasn't weird enough for you. (laughs) (laughs) She was very like your typical girl next door vibes. I loved it. So true. Let's dive straight in. In 2009, a 19-year-old woman named Zoe Sugg was working as an apprentice in an interior design company. Born in Wiltshire, England, Zoe wasn't really sure what she wanted to do with her life. Plus, her struggle with an anxiety disorder meant that she didn't feel comfortable leaving her hometown to attend college. As a bit of a hobby, Zoe decided to start a blog. That blog was called Zoella. On the blog, Zoe, or Zoella as she was now known, would mainly write about her recent purchases at car boot sales, which she attended with her mother. As her blog gained a bit of a following, she moved on to reviewing her mostly makeup purchases from drugstores and supermarkets. Did you ever read her blog? I never read her blog. I only watched her videos. Mm. The videos happened pretty soon after the blog. Yes, I knew her blog was very, very popular. And even now still, she writes really, really long Instagram captions because you can tell she really loved to write and expressed herself that way. She loved to write. Yes. Very good foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) So Zoella's audience was so enamoured with the young blogger that they wanted more. They wanted videos. Thanks to the global financial crisis, Zoella soon lost her job at the interior design company. However, she took this loss as an opportunity to spend more time working on her blog and, as per her audience's request, her brand new YouTube channel. So the first video that did well on Zoella's YouTube channel was a video called 60 Things in My Bedroom. Literally. I watched this video. (laughs) (laughs) It somehow keeps you so engaged. (laughs) But she's literally just like pulling things from her room. I remember watching it being like, wow, wow, wow. This is good content. (laughs) Cinema. (laughs) 
I watched this video for the first time a few days ago and I was just like, honestly, that was the stuff that we were watching back then. Like yeah. no words, just music, just picking up like random things like a lipstick or she picks up like an old advent calendar at one point. Yes. It's so random. I miss that era of YouTube. Yeah. Just like makes no sense, but we all loved it. Yeah. yeah. Me too. It's like there's something weirdly wholesome about exactly. it. Exactly. So this was all just the beginning. Zoella really actually hit her stride on YouTube. Over time, she fell in with a community of British and eventually American content creators who she often collaborated with on videos together and Annabelle was watching. (laughs) (laughs) She did one with Troy Sivan as well. They used to be friends. Maybe they still are. Not to go on a tangent, but I would watch Troy Sivan and Tyler Oakley. Yes, me too. And everyone shipped them. Everyone thought they were dating. Oh my God, that's like a whole other can of worms. (laughs) So Zoella's content consisted of a bit of everything. Haul videos, makeup reviews, Q&As and earnest to camera discussions about everything from her long running battle with anxiety to body image. She had wholesome big sister vibes and her videos were popular with a young audience. So after humble beginnings in 2009, by 2014, the YouTube era, Zoella's subscriber count on the platform had climbed into the millions. Speaking to Vogue in 2014, Zoella had this to say about her rise to YouTube stardom. I felt it was a normal pace until I reached 200,000 subscribers on YouTube and then it just shot up. Then it was 1 million subscribers in April 2013. After that, it snowballed. By April of this year, it was 5 million. Wow. Yeah. That would do messed up things to your mental health. Because, like, I remember watching her from the beginning and she was so clearly just a regular gal. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it snowballed. And I do remember her talking a lot about panic attacks. And that would have just been, like, super hard for somebody to go through. I think it's a really fascinating era on the internet for so many reasons. But – The thing that sticks out to me at this point is how quickly this happened. Do you think that something like that would happen today? Does it happen today? Not the way that it happened to Zoella, I don't think. Not now. I think it's a little bit different now. I think there's still like influencers who are reaching these crazy heights like quite quickly. I Mm. think that will happen forever now. Yeah. But I think at this time, because it was so new, I think it's really unprecedented. And I think now maybe people have more of a critical eye when they're following these people, or maybe some even hate follow mm-hmm. like influences like that. Whereas I, for me personally, anyway, the vibe that I got when I was following Zoella was everyone adored her. Yeah, that's so true. It's either you adored her or you had no idea who she was. Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> So many press outlets around this time were just trying to make sense of this level of internet fame. Again, I think this is why this kind of fame can't ever happen again because now the press and the media or mainstream media has a bit more of a handle on internet culture. As per Vogue, for the uninitiated, YouTuber postings are frequent and intimate. The content is highly subjective and revels in the minutiae of the everyday. The DIY character of their output is purposeful. And Zoella is the current cyberspace queen. Zoella's breakaway success with her YouTube channel meant that she was able to leverage her profile to broker some pretty massive advertising partnerships. She worked with fashion and makeup brands that were popular with their young audience. And according to the Financial Times in 2014... 
Zoella's income from advertising alone could now be running at a rate of several hundred thousand pounds per year. Oof. Yeah. Zoella was able to strike lucrative advertising partnerships with massive brands because, like all successful social media influencers, her audience trusted her implicitly. As per the Financial Times, the essence of Zoella's Vulcan-like grip on her adherence is the existence of a trusting, even intimate relationship between vlogger and vloggee. How, I ask, can she preserve this while taking money from advertisers to recommend their products? Basically, she says, it's a question of judgment. She aims to pick partners whose products she respects and thinks would make good content. There isn't any amount of money that could tempt me to promote something that I didn't believe in, she answers. I've built this community of people that trust my opinion and I value that far more than a fat check. I think also another thing about this era is the fact that influencers were becoming a genre of profession. Yeah. People didn't really understand it quite yet. Even the people that were doing it didn't quite understand it. Yeah. But what they did understand and definitely what Zoella understood is that the trust between her viewers and herself was almost priceless. Yes. And as someone who was watching her at a young age, I don't recall a lot of her content being sponsored. Like it didn't seem like it was a sellout sort of vibe, which Mm. I think is a testament to her picking and choosing the right ones. It probably came across very organically to someone like me who had no idea really what SponCon was at that point. Yeah, 100%. So aside from advertising partnerships, by 2014, Zoella's influence allowed her to explore a variety of different offline projects. So the now 24-year-old appeared on multiple British TV talk shows usually to explain her online job to the older cast members on these programs, (laughs) and was even named a digital ambassador of the mental health charity Mind. One project, however, would end up catching the world's attention and not necessarily for the right reasons. (laughs) What did she do? (laughs) So in June 2014, Penguin Books announced that Zoella had signed a two-book deal with the publishing house with her first young adult novel, Girl Online, to be released on November 25, 2014. As per The Guardian, Girl Online is a modern-day Notting Hill for teens, according to Penguin, in which an ordinary 15-year-old girl's relationship with an American pop star goes viral as her anonymous blog is exposed to the world. (laughs) What a premise. It's a really good premise. (laughs) This report in The Guardian continued. Amy McCulloch, editorial director of Penguin Children's, said that Zoella has an incredible voice for teens and she drew on her wealth of experience dealing with real issues like anxiety and cyberbullying to deliver a poignant, romantic and heartwarming debut novel. Zoella said she had had her nose in a book ever since she had learned to read and that when she was 14, she had her mindset on the fact that she would one day write her own book, something that other people would love to read. A two-book deal with one of the biggest publishing houses in the world was no small feat. And the premise for Zoella's Girl Online sounded like subject matter well within her wheelhouse. So I read this book. Oh, you did. I front did. to back. I did, front to back. Was it as strong as the premise seems? <laughs> Honestly, it actually was. Okay. I was very sceptical and I kind of feel bad about that now, but I was pretty sceptical going in. I was like, oh, this is going to be like a YA kind of tweeny. I'm mad for that shit though as well. It's like, <laughs> I was like, I am not the target audience. I'm like a 30-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> However... 
I really enjoyed it. Interesting. And I thought it was really good. The story follows Penny, a 15-year-old girl from Brighton in the UK who visits New York City with her parents after a humiliating incident at school. She, like, shows her undies on stage. Oh, no. <laughs> Happen. I'll just read the book. I'll just, just read, read it. She fell over. She's a clumsy gal. <laughs> so Penny keeps a blog called Girl Online. And while she's in New York, she meets a young man named Noah and it's pretty much love at first sight. But Noah has a secret. You can't tell me, can you? I mean, I can. He's, uh, well. Oh, I'm, he's famous. Yeah, he's famous. Okay. <laughs> he's a pop star, but Penny he's, doesn't know. Exactly. Okay. So as far as debut novels aimed at tween girls go, like I said, I really liked it. It discusses cyberbullying from a youthful understanding perspective and deals with anxiety particularly well. Something that I really admired about this book was they kind of like slipped in some really solid, genuine tactics for dealing with anxiety for children through character dialogue. That's really beautiful. It's actually yeah. gorgeous. Like, I imagine Zoe drew a lot from her own experience because even like the growing up in Brighton thing, I don't, I know she didn't grow up in Brighton, but she lives in Brighton yeah. now, I think. And even just being like a British gal entering a huge world is symbolic of what was happening to her in a exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. It's very much like feels like a self-insert. Yeah. But- it feels okay. Like, I like it. It's also very romantic too, the other thing. <laughs> Good. I fucking love romance. Yeah, it's really sweet. To promote her book, Zoella chatted quite a bit about the process on her YouTube channel, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. For example, in September, she excitedly revealed the A4 printout of the book's cover. So I watched a lot of these vlogs from this time and Zoella actually like goes to the factory where the book is being printed and like shows the process to her followers. It's kind That's of like sweet. Kind of like really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a Zoella fan now? <laughs> I think I might be. <laughs> Do you remember watching any of this content at the time? No, maybe I went through a lull period. So I missed like a huge chunk of this time in her career. I was so into beauty content though when I was younger. And then all of a sudden I just stopped. And then I think I picked up again, a few years later when I could maybe afford to buy the products. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Yeah. (laughs) In these videos, her excitement was palpable. Zoella's audience could certainly tell that this project meant a lot to her and they were very, very keen to get their hands on Girl Online. So keen, in fact, that Girl Online's first week of sales was an absolute record breaker. On December 3, 2014, just over a week after Girl Online was released, The Guardian reported that Girl Online was officially the fastest selling book of 2014. A pretty incredible feat considering that the year was almost over wow. when the book was released and this was all achieved within a single week. In fact, Zoella sold nearly 80,000 copies of Girl Online in that first week as reported by The Cut. This also meant that not only was Zoella's book the fastest selling book in the UK for 2014, it also smashed the UK record for first week sales for a debut novel, beating career authors like Dan Brown and JK Rowling. Whoa. Goes to show how powerful the internet and influencers are. A hundred percent. And I think this shocked media. Mm. The way that The Guardian was reporting this, the way that The Cup was reporting this as well, was very much like... Who is this person? (laughs) Yeah. Well, also now you can see so many authors in the bookstores who started their careers online. Mm -hmm. I think many publishers followed suit after Zoella. Oh, 100%. All of these record-breaking stats, however, perked the interest of one reporter from The Telegraph named Katie Glass, who had already started to do a little digging into Girl Online. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. 
I just want to say I've subtitled this next section g g g ghost rider. On December 7, 2014, roughly two weeks after Girl Online was released, Katie Glass published an explosive report for The Telegraph with the headline, Helping Hand for Zoella's Novel. Now, I've only been able to access the first couple of paragraphs from this report through like the Wayback Machine because for some reason it has been deleted. Ooh. Yeah, which I think is like quite juicy, but I don't know why. So do you have predictions as to why? I have my theories. I kind of wonder if maybe Katie Glass regrets writing what's to come. Or going so hard maybe. Yeah, because she went hard. Mm. So here's what I was able to source. The report read, Zoella has a secret and it has nothing to do with boys, makeup or fashion. The best-selling novel from Britain's biggest female blogger, real name Zoe Sugg, is not all her own work. Sugg, 24 whose YouTube videos are watched by 9 million people, more than the BBC's EastEnders, has admitted that a ghostwriting team helped her pen the book. She follows other celebrity writers such as Katie Price in getting professional help. So it's impossible to say whether or not Katie Glass just stumbled on this information or if she had a tip from someone. Mm. But boy, oh boy, was this a scoop. This is sounding familiar to me. Did Zoella touch on it eventually? She did. Yes. Okay. I think I saw videos flying about or even maybe her next book she co-wrote with someone. And I remember thinking that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the report goes on to reveal that freelance fiction writer Siobhan Kerham was a part of this ghostwriting team, which Glass learned after contacting Zoella's publisher Penguin for a statement. In a bit of a weirdly circular statement, Penguin told Glass, to be factually accurate, you would need to say Zoe Sugg did not write the book Girl Online on her own, but they did go on to clarify that Girl Online was very much Zoe's own work. For the record, Siobhan Kerham was thanked by Zoella in the acknowledgements in Girl Online, but it wasn't clear exactly what she was being thanked for. As per the Daily Mail, Girl Online's acknowledgements thanks everyone at Penguin for helping me put together my first novel, especially Amy Elwood and Siobhan Kerham, who were with me every step of the way. The former, Miss Elwood, is Zoella's editor. The latter, Siobhan Kerham, is a freelance writer and the author of several young adult novels. The fallout of these revelations was nothing short of monumental, but I'm going to tease you a little bit and let you know that we're going to reveal everything after the break. Guys, as fellow lovers of books, I'm sure you can relate when I say there is no better feeling than when you are so deep into a story that you forget everything else around you. I personally love to get into the reading mood by lighting a candle, getting cozy and making a nice drink to sip on. I'm so thrilled that today's sponsor is Bailey's because I feel like they are the ultimate indulgent drink to accompany moments of me time. The newest liqueur they have released is the tiramisu flavor. It's the perfect combination of coffee and chocolate with hints of vanilla and cinnamon. The perfect flavor combination heading into the warm months. Bailey's tiramisu liqueur can be served simply over ice for an easy treat or if you are after a cocktail in a martini. Bailey's is great to enjoy alone during some downtime or to be shared with friends. This limited edition bottle would be a great gift for loved ones as we move closer to the holidays. If you're over 18 and interested in an indulgent treat, then head online or in-store to shop Bailey's. Remember to drink responsibly. Thank you so much to Bailey's for making this episode of The Shameless Book Club possible. 
So first of all, what did Zoella herself have to say about all of this? Shortly after the report was published, Zoella took to Twitter to say, thanks for all the positive feedback about Girl Online and for the doubters out there. Of course, I was going to have help from Penguin's editorial team in telling my story, which I talked about from the beginning. Everyone needs help when they try something new. The story and the characters of Girl Online are mine. I want to thank all of you who have taken time to support the book. She then tweeted that she would be taking a few days off from uploading videos because the internet was clouding up her brain. Zoella's break from the internet made a whole lot of sense, seeing as she was getting flooded with messages from fans who were feeling a lot of feelings about the ghostwriter allegations. Some thought it was hilarious, some blamed Penguin, some thought Zoella had actively lied to her audience, some thought she was just in it for the money. Mostly, people were just mad. Zoella's trusting audience really seemed to think that the vlogger had done a number on them, that she had taken advantage of their loyalty to essentially scam them out of money. What do you think about this? That seems, that final line that you read seems a bit intense. It Mm. seems quite indicative of what we know now to be, you know, that parasocial relationship that people have. Why are you putting so much pressure on this person that you follow on the internet Mm -hmm. releasing a book? Like, it's not that deep. I'm in so many minds about it though because I'm like, it is a little bit unfair that she lied about it. Did she speak about the fact that she had a team helping her out with this book from the beginning, like she said in her tweet? I mean, there's so many vlogs. I tried to watch as many of them as I could, but I just couldn't watch them all. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so, so many fair. of them. Because her tweets read a little defensive. But it's hard because it was her first book and of course she's going to have help. Mm. I remember reading maybe a top line headline when this happened and thinking – Uh, whatever, like this isn't the end of the world and kind of moving on. And I still think I feel the same. I don't think I care that much about it. Yeah. What do you think? I think if I was like 12 years old and I read this report from The Telegraph and I loved Zoella, I think I would feel a little bit ripped off. Yes. But at the same time, I think myself as a 12-year-old would not really understand what ghostwriting actually is Mm. or what it means to write a book, period, but also what it means to write a book with like a team on board. Yeah. So I kind of feel like it's a little bit more grey than what people were able to understand at the time, particularly because her audience was so young. Yeah. So my understanding is it was her idea Mm -hmm. every step of the way and she had a team help formulate or maybe crystallize some of the important moments that you kind of need in a book to shape it. And then I guess it was heavily edited or did someone actually write it? We actually, we don't know. Yeah. I honestly think that this is due diligence from Penguin because the end result, like I said, is actually like quite a quality product. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I actually think it's a good idea for Penguin to have people on board to help crystallize this idea, like you say. And also another thing, sorry, I'm just, my mind is going (laughs) on and on. But if the people who I know it is a little like fraudulent to say that she wrote something if she didn't and then have her audience consume it thinking it's her work. Mm. But if the people involved who are helping her shape this novel don't care to be named, that's their job Mm. to help new authors in this kind of way and not have their name on it. If that's what the deal they're signing up for, surely it's okay. (laughs) Am I just a bit of a Zoella fangirl and I'm just trying to... <laughs> like I'm like no, she's she's a good gal. I swear. I don't know. I I mean I'm kind of on your side. I really don't think she did anything wrong yeah. here. But the frenzy that this inspired yes. is really something. Media outlets sense the mood and realise that by covering this scandal, they were guaranteed a lot of clicks. So the Guardian posted countless stories, like 
genuinely the Guardian UK went in. <laughs> there was like opinion pieces, reports, analysis, people standing up for Zoella, people taking her down. Like it was crazy. Cosmopolitan did the same. Even Time magazine covered the saga. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's literally so full on and intense. It even reached Australian shores. Journalist Ada Lee wrote for the Sydney Morning Herald at the time, quote, for someone who has built an empire out of selling her personality and her art, I expect more from her. I expect her to come up with the story concept, which she did, but I also expect her to believe in her writing abilities. If she's going to have a name splashed on the front cover, I expect that she actually writes the sentences she claims to be hers. I kind of also agree with that because mm. it's like if she wanted to write a book, she should have done the work beforehand to be a good author, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does it make sense? I feel so differently. I honestly feel as a like songwriter, yeah. you kind of go into a room with a whole bunch of different people and then the product, if the product is good at the end of the day, everyone just gets their fair cut of the royalties and, you know, that's that. Yeah. I honestly feel similarly about this book process. It's like if you get a good product at the end of the day, which I think this is a good product, then who cares? Yeah, like, like <laughs> book writing can be collaborative, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so in my opinion, this whole thing was completely blown out of proportion. This scandal first served as an excuse for a woman journalist to snark on and, quote, expose a young woman for... Like, no reason. <laughs> also, the opening line, from what I recall you saying, it was like, yeah. secret that's not boys and makeup and fashion. It's like, shut up. She's built an entire empire. Yeah. And don't discredit that. And it's also not just about that. Exactly. Like, she talks about anxiety and, like, she talks about everything. I also think that her anxiety and maybe perfectionism ties into the fact that she needed a team to help her. She wanted 100%. it to be perfect. And exactly. It, yeah, it was a great product. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I keep flip-flopping on my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. Mm. I really feel like if this reporter wanted to expose the ghostwriting revelations, then okay, that's fair enough. That's maybe information that the public deserves to know. But there's no reason to frame it as this like cruel story yeah. that clearly misunderstands what Zoelle actually does. <laughs> yeah. And then it became an excuse for mainstream media in general to essentially bully Zoella, label her a fraud, which they probably already thought she was anyway, seeing as she had a career on the internet as a YouTuber that anyone over the age of 35 couldn't have understood <laughs> at yeah. the time anyway. So it kind of felt like a gotcha or like, see, we were right to be sceptical about these YouTuber internet people, you know? And in reality, there are probably so many people doing this. A hundred percent. But no one, even to this day, actually knew what the physical split of work was between Zoella and Siobhan when it came to literally putting pen to paper to write Girl Online. The term ghostwriter or ghostwritten holds a lot of meaning and emotion, Many people think that they know what ghostwriting is when in reality a ghostwriting position is a fair bit more complicated than just writing a book and giving it to someone else to publish in their name. Mm. Thankfully, Siobhan Kerham herself was about to share her side of the story. On December 10, 2014, on her own blog, Siobhan Kerham published an impassioned post titled Girl Online for the Record. It read... For legal reasons, I'm not able to talk about the specific details of my involvement with Zoe Sirk's novel, Girl Online. However, now that I'm receiving messages from complete strangers accusing me of things that are a million miles from the truth, and now that my family are becoming furious and distraught at some of the comments about me on Twitter, I feel I need to set the record straight as far as I'm able to. Firstly, I did not agree to work on Girl Online to, quote, get rich. 
neither did I do it to get famous. I love books. I love writing and I love helping others write books. And I especially love being involved in the creation of books that help others. Books that deal with real and serious issues such as cyberbullying, homophobia and anxiety. Books like Girl Online. I was hugely impressed that when given the dream opportunity of a book deal with Penguin, Zoe Sugg chose to create a storyline that dealt with these serious issues out of a desire to help her fans. And when I was offered the opportunity to help Zoe, I also saw the opportunity to help get important and empowering messages across to her incredibly huge fan base. Messages about self-belief, anxiety, sexuality, and, oh, the irony, online hate. That was my sole motivation for taking the job. So Siobhan is like deeply in Zoella's camp. I love that. Yeah. I also changed my mind. (laughs) Once again, (laughs) would you look at that? Before I said Zoe should have put in the work before publishing a book to be a good author. But I guess she was handed this incredible deal with an incredible publisher and she was riding the wave. And of course, Mm. if you have this profile and you have this opportunity given to you, you take it, I guess, because, like, now's her moment. So it yeah. does make sense. And let's not forget that, like, she's been writing for a long time. Like, she wrote yeah. in her blog for a really long time since the age of, like, 19. So she's not not a writer. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so because this blog post literally sung Zoella's praises, it proved that Siobhan was not some slighted, talented writer that's mm. like in the shadows and Zoella's taking all the glory for this book. This post showed that Siobhan and Zoella were actually a team. So like most internet dramas, which this still inherently was despite coverage from mainstream press, this saga died down almost as quickly as it was revealed. Zoella was savvy to take a few days off the internet. She knows how these things go, Yeah, I she's think. a pro. <laughs> Ultimately, Christmas 2014 came and went and the girl online drama was largely forgotten in just a few weeks' time. And as we know, Zoella had been signed on by Penguin for two books, not just one. So she really had to get going on the second book in the girl online series. As per The Guardian in April 2015, this weekend, Zoe Sugg told subscribers of her YouTube channel that she has been writing her new book with the help only of Amy Elwood, her editor at Penguin. Amy's been coming to my house every week for the past four months. We essentially spend the day bashing our heads and writing the book together. With Girl Online, I also had an editorial consultant who helped me get everything down on the page. And as it was my first novel, it was all very daunting and very scary. But I feel as though I'm learning as I go along now. So it's just me and Amy for book two. It's kind of sad that she feels like she has to spell it out step by step like this. Yeah. I guess full transparency is great, but it's like you can tell she's just doing it because of all the drama. Yeah, and like literally show physical proof of her like, see, I'm here writing the book. Tap, tap, tap. (laughs) Here's Amy. (laughs) She even like tweeted one time on chapter 11 now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) This report also noted that Girl Online had sold 343,562 copies in the UK alone by April 2015, less than six months after its release. Clearly, the ghostwriting allegations had not really affected sales. And in terms of cash, Zoella was definitely fine. The Sunday Times reported that in the lead up to November 2014, Zoella was earning a profit of roughly £400,000 per month. Whoa, me calling Zoe a poor thing before. I take it back. She's not a poor thing. She's a very rich thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that figure only factors in her advertising partnerships. It doesn't even factor in girl online sales. Wow. I wonder if the drama of it all spiked sales at all because I feel like people would be intrigued as to how the writing was after hearing about all of this. Oh, 100%. Speaking about the scandal directly for the first time in 2016, Zoella told Cosmopolitan magazine that the saga actually did have lasting emotional effects on her, even if they weren't financial effects. (laughs) Quote, it was horrible. I worked really hard on the book and it was all me, the characters, the story. I felt like I was being attacked and I was like, I'm going to shut my laptop and I can't be bothered with this. It knocked my confidence massively. When it came round to the second book, I felt I couldn't and that it had all been ruined. It took a lot for me to put that behind me and move forward. As I've said, following her for so long, she clearly struggles with panic attacks and anxiety. Mm. This would have just messed with her to no end. Oh, 100%. It's a terrible thing. Like, no matter who you are, it's an awful thing to go through an internet scandal like this and be raked over the coals. This is one of the first times that the mainstream media really dogpiled on Yeah, somebody. exactly. The mainstream media and the countless anonymous people online. Mm. And like that quote from Siobhan in her statement about it all, it is very ironic that she's going through all of this when the book, I'm assuming, is about cyberbullying. It literally is. Yeah. Like there's a two major events in the book where the main character is cyberbullied, like genuinely cyberbullied. Yeah, so it's like, did you read the book, guys? Like, yeah. quit it. <laughs> inspirational words from me (laughs) quit it to the cyber bullies literally no yeah so whatever happened to zoella a question i'm sure you've asked yourself at some point i on my tiktok feed get so many videos of spoiler (gasps) zoe's baby yes oh my god such a cute little face (laughs) oh my god i mean how could that baby not be cute (laughs) so regardless of any nerves zoella went on to publish two more books in the girl online series girl online on tour and girl online going solo the series is still to this day hugely popular so much so that i was able to walk down to our local bookshop and just pick up a copy of girl online the other day no way oh my god just down the street i'm gonna pick up the whole (laughs) series like they had them all there it was crazy years years later Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Years Amazing. later. Go, Zoe. So Zoella has gone on to author three more books, Cordially Invited, a book about event planning, and two books in the young adult series, The Magpie Society. So she's gone on to write like several more books. I remember The Magpie Society because I think maybe at that point I tapped back into Zoe content. Yeah. And The Magpie Society, I believe, was co-written by someone else. Like yes. Like Zoe and someone. It and is. I was like, hmm. As is the case for most popular YouTubers from this era, Zoella's audience has grown up and changed over the years, and Zoella has too. Her YouTube channel now consists of mostly family vlogs, as she and her partner Elfie have recently had a little daughter named Ottilie. Little Ottilie. Such a cute name. She is like the perfect match of both their faces. Yeah. (laughs) She's just both of them, which is is how it works. That's how people make babies. <laughs> and a genetics lesson too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You're welcome. <laughs> and also, Zoella is currently pregnant with another little bebe on the way in December. Another bebe, yay. Another one. And finally, Annabelle, I know you're going to be very happy to hear this. Elfie Days and Zoella are engaged. They have been a couple since the early YouTube days, so many fans will recognize that name. Mm-hmm. People who weren't fans probably won't, but that's okay. (laughs) Pointless Blog was his YouTube channel. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm I'm like, I don't know what that is. 
But yeah, they're engaged and everyone was really stoked about it and happy ending. Yay, congrats to the happy couple. So what do you think, Annabelle? What do you make of the ghostwriter scandal? I I think the reason why I didn't focus in on this as a fan of her when I was younger, when I saw this headline, was because I kind of put two and two together that she is someone who really cares about the product she put out and maybe having a team behind her was her solution for that. You don't think that she betrayed her viewers' trust by having a ghostwriter team? I don't want to undermine like the relationship that people think they have with influencers and Mm. the trust that they do put in these people. Mm. But I personally didn't feel like my trust was undermined. What do you think? It's kind of complicated. I think I have a clearer vision of it because I actually didn't know about this when it happened. Yeah. I only learned about it when I was researching for this series. And I honestly look at it and I think the end goal was a quality product and that was achieved. Mm. And Siobhan was thanked in the acknowledgements and perhaps she wasn't thanked explicitly for what she provided for the writing experience. However, I think if she was okay with how she was credited in the acknowledgements and how she was paid, we don't know how much she was paid for her work, but I assume that she was paid really well. Mm. I really don't get the big deal. And I think that there was a malicious something motivating that initial Telegraph report. Yeah, like perhaps a kind of a sexist thing, right? Like, Mm. oh, Zoe's so successful for reasons we don't understand. Yes. This is a reason why this backs up that theory. She's not actually that talented and he is proof. Yeah. I do think that the public went far too hard on somebody who was trying to put out a product that the people who follow her would enjoy. Yeah. And yeah, that's what was achieved. And was way more transparent than most. Like she was taking her camera to the bloody printing press. Exactly. (laughs) That does make me sad. Like not many authors have to do that. No. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. So that is a wrap for this month's Stranger Than Fiction. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here, Annabelle. Thank you, Eilish. Thank you for taking me back to a YouTube world that I do miss. I don't see any of those YouTubers around anymore. So this made me very nostalgic. It's because they all have babies now. Yeah, little babies. (laughs) (laughs) So don't forget to follow the Shameless Book Club on Instagram and TikTok at The Shameless Book Club. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.